You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. And don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 19. As Andy and I discuss the fall to the New York Islanders, what the Rangers need to do to get four points against the Boston Bruins, and a pleasant announcement that New York Ranger fans have been waiting for for the past, oh Jesus, almost 12 months, that they are allowed to attend hockey games at Madison Square Garden. But first, I got to ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm feeling fresh. I just jumped out of the shower when I saw James put up the bat signal. Uh, so here I am. Uh, I, I'm currently wearing my Rangers robe I received for Christmas last year. It's very comfy and downy soft, and it has a nice little Rangers uh, crest on the, over the, the breast pocket area. So yeah, I'm uh, feeling nice and clean, and I was definitely surprised by the news uh, from the mayor and the, the governor's office uh, today but like i said i'm sure ranger fans everywhere are rejoicing uh i can't imagine what those ticket prices are going to be like and i'm not sure if it's something that's it's only going to be available that you know to their first and foremost to season ticket holders if they retained their membership and then i'm not sure how that's going to work but uh yeah i think it'll it's a little puzzling with maybe sometimes you see that it seems like there's uh with all the teams that are getting hit right now that the timing seemed very strange but Listen, I mean, 
you know, if they think they can do it effectively and safe with the PCR before and, uh, or up to 72 hours and do temperature checks and distance people, then I'm sure, hopefully, I'm sure the, the players would like to get some of that energy in the arena. Yeah, you know, it's a first big step, I'd say, for New York City. I mean, looking back 12 months ago, New York City was an absolute uh, dumpster fire. Uh, you know, we were almost ground zero of the coronavirus, even throughout the whole world. And, you know, New York City, they, you know, the people there that living there, they need this. You know, I think New York fans need this. Uh, it's a big step. Uh, so February 23rd can't come soon enough. Uh, again, I don't know how the tickets are going to go. It's a good question. I, I would imagine I would imagine they do some sort of lottery system with the season ticket holders. And then I guess from there, you know, uh, I don't know how they're going to be sold third party. I would imagine I would imagine, you know, there'll be limited concessions. But you know what? At least it's, uh, you know, it's a paycheck for people that have depended on, you know, their jobs as being. Um, you know, the vendors and, and ticket takers and and all those jobs that were lost because of this pandemic, hopefully get to, you know, a few of them in back to work and and, you know, back on the right track uh, as a, a city as itself. You know, you and I, you know, have the privilege of working in, you know, basically midtown Manhattan, you know, right where, you know, Times Square, right where the ball drops. And, you know, you and I have discussed this. New York City is not the same. And, you know, I think what the city needs right now, you know, like every, you know, every trouble, troublesome moment that this city has faced, you know, looking back at 9-11, it's always the sports moments and the fans reactions that, you know, kind of help bring us back to a sense of uh, a pride and and compassion that we have for each other, you know, as New Yorkers. So, you know, I'm hoping, you know, the Rangers are and Knicks are able to put on a uh, you know, put on a show this year and, you know, make a run into the playoffs and, and give this city and the fan base, you know, something to be proud of as hockey and basketball fans at, at Madison Square Garden. No, what very well said. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that both those teams find themselves in pretty similar development stages. You know, obviously you can argue that the Rangers maybe have a little bit more uh, top end talent, although the Knicks did just uh, sign Derek Rose, although who knows if he's going to remain with the team all season. But yeah, like you said, it's just this is a way to help uh, get the ball rolling. Just, you know, so many people in that industry, like you said, ticket takers, concession workers, vendors, uh, you know, the people and obviously people that also set up everything around uh, event planning and management. And yeah, and even in uh, just the live event world period, that's a whole industry that's affected. And uh, also, like you said, that when times of hardship, and especially in New York City, the way they, you know, these events and, you know, uh, music and uh, sports is what kind of what we we rally around. And yeah, so it's definitely a heartening sign, you know, and hope, you know, hopefully they have used everything they've learned up to this point of how to best to keep the people that are attending safe and uh, keep the players safe. And yeah, just put this on without a hitch because it's obviously very important. It'll be a good litmus test for where we're at uh, in the coming months. And you hope that once it's installed, it can progress instead of have to pull back. So yeah, exciting news, definitely. Now I got to ask you a question, Andy, you know, sure. you know, if things, you know, progress nicely and it's a success, would you see yourself going to a game, let's say in, in April uh, and, or May? Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think it's one of those things that it's like, just with, 
with how things are right now, it makes me feel a little dicey. But again, you know, I think it depends on a few things. I yeah, the public's appetite and also perception is changing uh, every day. So as of right now, I'm not quite sure. I think I want to see how things uh, bear out and just kind of test the air at that time. But yeah, I think mostly uh, I definitely wouldn't rule it out. You know. All right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, if you and I, you know, later on in the season want to go to a game and we're rocking a, you know, K. Andre Miller jersey and, uh, you know, Capo Caco jersey, um, you know, I, I would love to do that. Hopefully, that would be nice. hopefully yeah. soon, soon enough. Yeah. But, um, uh, as long as long as a bar stool uh, on the Chase Bridge doesn't cost like a thousand dollars, you know, then we might have to reassess but we'll see yeah we'll see i know it's even tough like when, when the gardens at max capacity in a non-pandemic era i already feel like they have a, a mask and a, and a gun when they're asking me for my credit card so you know oh yeah and, and, <laughs> and not to mention you know uh the you know the food and the drinks and the uh just the alcohol alone itself is a uh you know you, you basically have to take out a second mortgage if you if you plan on hitting the vendors exactly but uh, OK, so let's talk a little bit about the New York Rangers against the New York Islanders. Uh, we hosted them the other night and kind of fell short. And it was one of those games where you knew it was going to be a fluky goal. It was going to come from somebody that unexpected zero uh, zero tie heading into the third period. Um, you know, but, you know, I do want to talk about the first and second period because I really do think that the Rangers had the better play. I thought they drove a little bit more offense. I thought they had some, you know, grade A opportunities to score. Um, you know, they, they didn't have those second and third chances, but neither did the Islanders. I thought, you know, this is one of the better games our defense played. And, you know, I was proud of, you know, our boys, you know, in the first and second, and then even halfway through the third, you know, I felt comfortable. I was like, you know, the longer the game progressed zero zero. I knew the Islanders were more likely to win, but you know, just to see the Rangers, you know, kind of go toe to toe with one of the better coach teams in the NHL was, you know, it, it was good to see, you know, obviously we're young and, and still learning how to play against, um, you know, the more uh, seasoned teams in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. And it's stung in the moment Islanders being a huge rival of the New York Rangers. It really, I was upset but obviously, once the dust cleared and I thought about it, I was like, you know, they played two, uh, I would argue, almost three excellent periods of defensive hockey against, well, arguably the best defensive team in the league, or at least one of the most disciplined. And, you know, that's the Islanders game. That's the game Barry Trotz wants to play. But again, I thought the Rangers were pushing. I mean, Varlamov can potentially win the, uh, Jesus, uh, the Vesna this year. Excuse me, I was blanking on the trophy name. Just he's been that good. He's really he's in his prime right now. And but yeah, I thought Igor was equally as good. And it was kind of hard to, to fault him on a tap in next to the net. You know, he tried to get over. It's just the coverage broke down, and it's a shame. And obviously, you saw. I think at one point in the broadcast, both uh, probably Micheletti mentioned that that pairing of Hayek and uh, Boteto had played more already played more by the end of like the second period than they had played in the third, uh, or, you know, than they had played in the whole game previous. And you, all of a sudden you kind of knew that this might not be good. You, you know, especially cause we're obviously riding high on the two of them after holding it down and, uh, potato had that great goal, but yeah, that pair breaks down for two goals, uh, with the Islanders fourth line, just for checking and keeping it simple. And I even thought the Rangers offense towards the end was being a little risky. I, I mentally checked them like, Oh man, they really got to, 
just get the point at this point. And I, I like that they were pushing, but at the same time, the more they pushed, it's like the gaps between the players and the amount of support was kind of falling by the wayside. It was going a little bit more back and forth. And I'm like, this is exactly the game the Islanders want to play. So like you said, uh, you kind of knew that once it was that, it's like, oh man, this is the game the Islanders are so good at and they're confident in doing it. They'll they'll take all their victories that way if they can. And yeah, lo and behold, that's what would happen. But listen, we're a young team. Uh, the Rangers last season and the season previous, and hell, you can maybe argue for the last couple of seasons, couldn't play defense, team defense a lick, and now they're getting pretty good at it. You know, I think we're seeing right now we don't have all of our players going, and it's been harder for them to score goals. But you got to crawl before you can walk, right? This is a team that could score at will last year, but also gave up goals at bad times. And now they're a team that is playing good defensively, but they're kind of having to figure out how do I, how do we flip that switch between personal responsibility in our own zone and covering our man and you know pressuring the puck, but also turning on that switch to free ourselves offensively when the time is right. And that, you know, it takes time. We're a young team and we're definitely missing bodies. So for honestly, you know, I think the early in the season, because we were in kind of a funk and we weren't getting the result we wanted, this makes it seem worse. But if you just kind of look at this game in a microcosm, it's like, yeah, it's a game that either team probably could have won if it got to OT and, you know, the Rangers lost and it really stinks. But uh, I'm definitely happy with their defensive development because I think that's the mark of a team that can in the future yeah can go places you know absolutely and you know looking at that game you know it's certainly frustrating I think that is a game that a playoff team wins and a a team that's you know looking at the out on the outside in when a you know when uh you know the postseason starts it's it's a little frustrating as a fan because there were grade a opportunities there was the Panarin breakaway there was the Mika you know breakaway and I just felt like, you know, on those nights where, you know, it's just back and forth and it kind of seems to be, you know, um, what was what's the term in chess when uh, when you, you know, neither side can win? Not a stalemate. Is that a stalemate? Checkmate? No, checkmate is when you got them locked, the king locked down. Oh, you're saying when neither side can win? Yeah. Isn't, yeah, isn't that a stalemate? Stalemate, oh. stalemate. No, we'll go with yeah. stalemate. Even if that's not it, we'll still yeah. go with it. It sounds good. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I felt like, you know, the entire game was a little bit of a stalemate. Varlamov uh, hasn't given up a goal to the New York Rangers. So, you know, he's going to, you know, finish the season with eight shutouts. Or actually, I guess it will be seven because uh, he didn't play the second game because uh, he got hurt, I believe, during warm-up. So, you know, he's faced the Rangers twice. He's shut them out twice. And he seems to have our number. You know, we had 30 shots on goal, which is, you know, a solid amount against a team that really doesn't give you much that looks to suffocate you, uh, especially through the neutral zone and, and in the offensive zone that, you know, they never give you the center of the ice, you know, but I still thought, you know, a young Rangers team was able to, you know, work their way out of that, that uh, defensive scheme that, you know, Trotz has them under. And it was just a typical Islander win where, you know, they finally just outlast you and eventually, you know, something goes their way and a puck ends up in the back of the net. And of course they scored the second one a few minutes after, because in those types of games, all it takes is one and the floodgates kind of open. Uh, you know, it's just uh, you know, a frustrating loss, but again, not Igor's fault. I thought he played very well. Um, I thought the Rangers defense, uh, played very structured and and very sound excuse me i'm like burping right now 
you know, they, they were very structured and, you know, I was, I was very proud of him. Another solid game by Keandre Miller. He saves a goal. Um, he's, he's probably our third best goalie on the roster, uh, with all the, you know, the blocks that he has. And, you know, I, I sent something to you this morning and I think you actually ignored it, but it, it's fine. It's the, uh, the Reddit article on Keandre Miller and just looking at his stats and how special he's been this entire season. It just goes to show, you know, you know, if our younger guys can continue to mature where, you know, it's just exciting to see where we'll be in the next couple seasons, because if we get play like this and you see, you know, Kako, you know, his play off the puck has improved dramatically over the last season. It's just, you know, I, I want our younger guys and we talked about this before, but our younger guys to kind of look in the mirror and say, you know, I, this is now I'm relied upon for this team to be successful and to take on that role and to be a leader on the ice, you know, and, you know, to want to be on the ice, you know, for the last 10 minutes of that game and, and score the game winning goal. You know, I want our players to, to play like that. I want our players to have that mentality where it's like, you know what, this is my time. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get the next one. I'm, I'm going to, you know, create that play i'm gonna you know skate extra hard to win a loose puck in the offensive zone because that could be the difference maker and i hope these losses are you know our 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 team's way of learning about the process and learning what it takes to be uh, a successful hockey team and a hockey team that can compete for a stanley cup because we all know it doesn't really matter where you are in the standings as long as you're in a playoff spot because once you get to the postseason it's going to be you know, it's anybody's game and you know, the game does change a little bit and you got to play a heavier game. And again, you know, playoffs is another step in, you know, learning how to, you know, sustain offense, you know, in a more physical game. You know, the refs, you know, kind of swallow their whistles in, in that type of environment. And, and, you know, the clutching and grabbing seems to, you know, be a little bit more prevalent. So you're going to have to learn how to play in the corners where guys are holding on to a little bit more and it takes a little bit more energy and, and it's a grind. And I want our players to experience that, you know, win or lose, you know, obviously you want them to win, but you know, as young as the New York Rangers are, you're going to expect them to lose. And I, I hope this game, you know, was a, you know, a, a teaching moment for our kids and not just, you know, one where, you know, they kind of, you know, are pouting mm -hmm. about because now you're up against the Boston Bruins you know, tonight and Friday, and this is a Stanley Cup team. This is this is a team that, you know, unless, geez, I guess like unless the Lightning or Carolina can get in their way, I, I don't see another team that really can take this team down in a seven-game series. So, um, you know, this is going to be a really good test, and I'm very excited to see how our, our boys respond after that tough tough loss and face one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah, Boston is 8-1 and one on the season. And they, even without Pasternak to start, they didn't miss a beat. And the second he steps in, they just looked even that much better and they're ready to roll. But the New York Rangers have played up to their competition so far. We needed a big performance in Washington. And I think we really caught them by surprise. And you could definitely do the same with the Boston Bruins. We'll have uh, Georgi Vanet, and it's his birthday. And I think I was actually at his game at the Garden where it was his, he had his birthday performance against uh, the Toronto? The Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs. Yeah where he was just, I think he saved like 52 shots or something. Oh uh, luckily, the New York Rangers, well, knock on wood, they, they look much different from, from the team, not, maybe not so much in roster construction, but just in terms of on-ice play. 
that they're not conceding that many shots anymore. So yeah, you hope he's up to the task and hungry to get back, put everything that's happened to him in the past few weeks behind him. Uh, yeah. And I, like I said, I hope this team is that no matter what, as long as they keep that mentality and do what they're doing, eventually it'll, they'll be rewarded. Maybe not as soon as they would like, if they're not, you know, just in terms of their development curve, but that's the way, the way they're playing so far can yield good results but they just they kind of have to stick with it because the second they're like we need to get something here and play it a little bit riskier those yeah those veteran teams snuff that out and they'll just exploit your gaps and then you're in trouble so play hard trust that you know you you know you can imagine what if we had heel and and blackwell amika was going against the islanders that might have not been a close game you know that might have been a game that the rangers won uh, you know, either two one or two zero or two hell, even if they they could have uh, evened it up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I have faith in this team, but exact. I think sometimes in the past they've let past performance get to their heads a little bit and change up what they're trying to do. So even if they're not getting their, you know, Alexi Lafreniere's PDO is super low and Mika is just clearly going through something, and they're just not getting their top six can't get going at the same time and. Yeah, they just have to stick with it because if they keep playing the way they've been playing defensively, I think they'll get rewarded for it. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. Uh, The only question I would have for you, and obviously the Bruins are an elite team. You know, I'd I'd probably put them in the top three in the league right now in terms of how they're playing currently. You know, who are two players that you want to see kind of step up in this series? Because this is a a two-game span where... We're going to need leaders to step up. We're going to need our veteran guys to kind of lead the way. Uh, you know, you know, there are a lot of players like Keandre Miller, you know, um, Lafreniere, jeez, uh, um, you know, uh, Julian, even Julian Gauthier and, and Libra Hayek. They're, they're not used to playing, you know, this level of competition because you can say we competed against the Islanders. You can say we beat the New Jersey Devils. We beat the, the Washington Capitals. But. You know, because this division does belong to the Boston Bruins, and you're going to need guys that have been there, done that, have played against this team over the past few seasons, uh, have known how they play. That you know, a, a gritty style. They have one of the the best line in the NHL, and um, you know, certainly the Eastern Conference at least. Uh, and you're going to have to look at guys to turn to to be a leader and you know whether you're down five nothing or you're in a you know two two game heading into the third period who are you know a couple guys that you want to see and you know really you know take on that leadership role and what do you what do you expect out of their game you know over the you know Wednesday game and the Friday game against the Boston Bruins well it's no secret I need me we need Mika to get going uh he's had a conversation with David Quinn about potentially maybe switching things up stacking him with Panarin uh, just to get his game going. I don't think that's going to happen tonight, but it's in the. It might happen if he just can't put it together. You, if he, if your number, considering we, you know, we're without Heedle right now, our center depth is pretty poor as it is, and if he's not going, it, yeah, it just really puts them in a bad spot. So he needs to be going. Uh, Buchnevich is a pretty good perform. Has pretty good performance against the Bruins, if my memory serves. Uh, I remember he scored some pretty good goals. He he cross-checked Brad Marchand in the back in his crease uh, last year, and I think it was all over you know the front page of Reddit, and people absolutely love it because they can't stand Brad Marchand. Um, so yeah, I just think as I'm really happy with the, yes, I want Kako to get another one, and yes, I want 
uh, Lafreniere to keep going. But versus these teams, I'm not expecting them to be the ones or Keandre for that matter. They don't have to. They don't have to prove to me. I don't need. You know, this is the the, the one team I would expect them to have the hardest time against. So it's really going to be uh, incumbent upon. You know the the vet guy, the guys. You know the vet guys, uh, Nika, Buchnevich, Kreider, to lead the way here. You know because, like I said, as impressive as uh, Keandre's been, and how much I've actually liked Kako's improved play, and how I think Lafreniere still doing a lot of good things despite not scoring. Um, yeah, it's gonna if those guys aren't gonna or if those guys aren't gonna make a dent, then I just I don't like our chances because we definitely don't have the depth to to hang with Boston unless our our, you know, our, our top six is producing. So yeah, I'm sore. I'm you know, basically looking at the top six. Uh, and yeah, I don't think, you know, Boston has looked good, but at the same time, you know, they, I think they're, they might be due for uh, a loss, you know, or at least get surprised. So, and I, if we can get at least two points out of these four points that, you know, I'll take that against, you know, arguably the best, one of the best teams in the league, it's clearly the best team in our division. So uh, let's get some points here, you know? Yeah. So, all right. You, you, you singled out uh, Mika Zibanejad, and obviously it's it's no secret. Uh, his performance has been, Jesus, it feels like a tenth of what it was last year. Uh, he's usually a guy that's, you know, high energy, always on the puck, uh, explosive, uh, you know, scoring goals, you know, creating plays. It just seems like every shift last year he was, it was completely dominating, creating scoring chances for the New York Rangers. And then you get into this year and, you know, Okay, it's a slow start for him. He had COVID. It's getting, you know, uh, you know, you know, he's getting adjusted with, you know, maybe lung capacity. He needs to get back into shape and stuff like that. But now it's like it's still kind of lingering and we're 11 games in and it's already like 20 percent of the season is done. You know, what do you want? Um, you know, what do you want to change within his game? What do you see that he needs to do to, you know, maybe get back to the old Mika from last year? Well, he just looks a half a step slower, and that I think it's one of those things where I did like last game. I thought he was actually against the Islanders. I actually thought he was on the puck a little bit more, and he was getting his chances. But he's just not doesn't have that same. You know, you said that excited flair that you kind of notice about him. It's just not as vibrant. He's not streaking down the ice as much. He's just not moving as fast. And if that's what the reality of his game is going to be right now, I think he needs to. Yeah, maybe just try to simplify things. I, you know, you watch him, he's so used to the way that top line played where it's just, they kind of, him, Kreider, and Buchnevich just cycle the puck to each other using their play keep away because you have three guys that are, are pretty big that use their bodies and are good at uh, shielding the puck. But uh, yeah, I mean, even if it's, even if it's one of those things where he's just parking himself in areas and ready and rips on net and lets Buch, you know, either Kreider or Buchnevich carry, you know, let Buchnevich make the plays and let Kreider clear the way, you know, create a wake using that big body or get in the, on the puck first. If that's, if the KZB line is going to stick together. And if you put them with Panarin, then yeah, Panarin getting the puck to you. And the second it's on your stick, you're putting it on net. Just keep shooting until it goes in. You know what I mean? Get your chances. Like, even if it's not, if you feel like you're kind of not playing your game or limiting uh, yourself by like not moving as much and sticking and trying this, you're not getting, you know, the puck's not following Miko much around much right now. So you know, that just put yourself in an area where if it'll eventually definitely end up and you can either tap in a, a greasy goal and get your confidence, confidence up or get, you know, cash in or a rebound, you know, and the same thing goes on the, on the, the power play. You know, he's hit a few posts. He's been uh, last minute saves, you know, he's faced some good goaltenders. His shooting luck has clearly regressed from the, the how much he was shooting last year. But um, 
yeah, I just think it's one of those things that just, yeah, do what you have to do to get that, get the monkey off your back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple of things that I, I think that Quinn should look to adjust in, in Zibanejad's game or, or, or lineup just to see if they can, you know, maybe a, a fresh change and a, a fresh uh, outlook on his game and, and positioning um, would serve him, serve him some good. And obviously, you know, he's our number one center. He's got to play center because we lack center depth and Heedle, who, you know, was arguably our best center, you know, before he got hurt is now out for an extended period of time. So our reliance on Mika Zibanejad is, you know, is, is crucial right now. And, you know, like you mentioned before, if we're playing zero zero games against the New York Islanders, you know, if Mika is playing at the top of his game or just even half of his game that he was last year, you know, we might win that game. So um this needs to change. This narrative needs to change now. Uh, we can't afford to go another 11 games where Mika is only putting in three points. You know, we need the we need the Mika of last year where he was, uh, you know, slowly catching up to uh, the league leaders and goals scored. So um, two things that I would change. All right. Number one is our power play is absolutely suffering. And, you know, there's a lack of movement. Uh you know, there's a, a new a number of things that the New York Rangers need to improve on. Um, I think they're standing around. I think they're predictable. And I think they create no havoc in front of the net. Um, they need to, you know, kind of, you know, exchange uh, places, not just pass the puck around the perimeter, but, you know, ha- have sort of some sort of rotation and feel and, and, and create those shooting lanes and, and traffic and, and take away the goalie's eyes. So I want to I want to do a little change. I want to take Kreider off the power play, put him on power play too. And I want Mika to be the guy in front of the net. And then I want to put, um, you know, Lafreniere because I do think Lafreniere hasn't been as bad as the people who are claiming he's a bust. Uh, I, I think his play is, is pretty good. I think he's still getting adjusted. It's a weird season. It's something that he's never gone through. He's, you know, he's still only 11 games into his NHL career. And, like I said last podcast, the first five games, like, you know, that wasn't that wasn't a real NHL locker room. That wasn't a real NHL team. You know, you know, they had they had issues. They had problems. And, and, and you know, the Tony situation might end up being a blessing in disguise to help kind of figure out where people stand in that locker room and the voices in the locker room and who's going to be listening to 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 who. And and, you know, hopefully guys are stepping up. But I think the power play needs to get better. And I think if you put Mika in front of the net, let him play that, you know, more physical game. Let him see the puck and, and see watch the puck, you know, the move around the perimeter and, and let him read the play and, and you know, hopefully, you know, a couple pucks go off his stick or his butt or, you know, anything at this point. Even if it's skate and they allow it to go in, you know, if he does anything but kick it, you know, that'll be a plus for him. So I want to put him stick him in front of the net, let him cause chaos, let him get a feel for the game and, you know, put Lafreniere out there. This way, you have a couple shooting threats, and you know I I do think Fox has been pretty pretty good, you know, kind of quarterbacking the power play because even though against the Islanders we weren't as good, I thought we we have been generating opportunities, and 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 ultimately with a decent power play, that's what you want. You just want a momentum shift, you know. You want to pepper the goalie. You want to feel like you're dominating the game. You want to create momentum. You want to create you know, the uh, positivity towards your, you know, offensive game. And and that's what the power play does. It gives you that opportunity to kind of set things straight, dominate for two minutes and, you know, and get the boys going and get a little energy on the bench. So 
Um, that's one major change. And I also think he should be taken off that top line. And it's not a punishment because you can argue that, you know, our bottom six have been very successful, successful. And, you know, I want to see him play with you know, a couple of energy guys, um, you know, Phil DiGiuseppe and, and, uh, you know, a guy like that. And maybe even Brendan Lemieux, cause you're going to need that gritty style. You're going to need that, uh, you know, fiery play against the Boston Bruins. And, and I think it would be a good, healthy change for him. You know, it's nothing personal, obviously, but something's got to change. Something's got to give. And I don't know if he's putting too much pressure on himself and gripping his stick a little too tight. But, you know, he needs to relax, loosen up, put him in a couple of new spots and new positions and let him go out there and have some fun. I absolutely agree. And yeah, I just like I said, I think right now, especially with the players we've lost to injury recently and the fact that our center depth isn't all that great, maybe just especially the fact that they're playing good team defense throughout, maybe, yeah, maybe spreading the talent around isn't the worst idea in the world instead of having that clear delineation because, yeah, who knows? Maybe it's just the the, the right combination to get something done because, you know, at times I feel like Lafreniere, you know, he's looked good playing with the energy guys because it's like those guys are coming in, but it's just, he, you know, they can't create. Howden can't get him the puck, Lafreniere the puck, and Lafreniere, you know, can't, get it out into finish for him and vice versa. And like, yeah, no offense to those guys, but they're good at uh, keeping guys, you know, keeping the opposing team hemmed in their own zone. But yeah, beyond that, it's, it's outside of, uh, you know, some high effort goals here, greasy goals here and there from a guy like Blackwell or Di Giuseppe, they don't have much to show for it. Right. So yeah, maybe spread the wealth out a little bit. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put Um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid. Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Yeah, and like, you know, looking at our power play, it's just so frustrating that, you know, the special teams is such a, a important part of the game. And I just feel like Quinn has kind of neglected that area. Like, you haven't seen, like, the big change you know, from a guy who's so quick to switch up lines and change up lines after, you know, a tough loss. You know, he really hasn't touched that first and second power play. And, you know, you know, looking at the power plays and, and looking how power play one plays about a minute and, and 30 and then the second power unit gets out there and they only get like the last 30 seconds and they're unsuccessful. You know, would you want to see the kind of roles flip flop where, you know, they kind of mix up those 10 guys a little bit and, and you know, try to get something going? Because right now they're it's unsuccessful, so it's not like it can get any worse. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I do feel like it's just, you know, I know Quinn's been harping on it. And I don't know why I haven't seen much change, but we were even speaking about is that it's great that you're skilled enough to to not have to move much in it so you can keep yourself those positions because they're getting their shots. It's just, right. 
without movement, it's just the goaltender at least has a little bit more time to square up, even if it's uncontested. If he can see it, he's more likely to save it. So, yeah, I want to see unconditional guys like, you know, I want to see a guy, you know, you have the two right now. It's like between keeping, uh, you know, they, they are doing little switches because you have Fox quarterbacking from the back and then you'll have uh, either Strom or Buchnevich or whoever it is on that day on the right side and then Mika on the left and Kreider usually in the middle. But I would like to see one of those guys. What if all of a sudden Mika makes a beeline? for the front of the net and switches with Kreider and creates a little confusion. Like we just need more of that, you know? Right. And like, there's no, there's no reason why Kreider can't be the low guy on the power play and, 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 you know, go after those loose pucks because, you know, watching the Rangers power play, it's, it's pretty clear. Like you kind of know where the shots are coming from. Um, and they are getting shots through, but they are predictable. So uh, yeah, I, I, I do want to see that. And that's why I'm saying like, you know, even if you switch the positions of the guys, even on the power play units, it might just cause a little confusion on, on how the Boston Bruins are going to approach, um, you know, these next two games on, on the penalty kill. Uh, I'm not sure where they rank on the penalty kill. I'm sure they're, they're very good. They have some very good, you know, you know, players that can play defensive structure and, and kill off penalties. And, you know, I just, I just think there needs to be something different. And if you're going to be successful against the better teams in this league, you better have some, you know, some tricks up your sleeve and, and just, you know, quick changes that can create a little bit of momentum shifts uh, in your direction. Um, another player that, you know, I think also needs to step up this series is Ryan Strom. You know, I'm, you know, we kind of know what Ryan Strom is and he's, you know, a number two, three center, you know, on a, on a better team, he's probably number three center. Um, can pre- pretty much stick them anywhere in the lineup. And I think you're going to get the same amount of effort and play. And, 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 you know, he's been successful with Panarin, but I want to see, you know, Strom kind of, you know, enter this point in his career and say, listen, I've had some success with, you know, Panarin. I'm playing in New York city. I'm playing with a young team. I'm right now currently have some self-awareness and, and say to yourself, I don't know where I stand in their long-term vision of this hockey team, but you know, I want to make a case for myself that, you know, I am a guy that can be relied upon. I am a leader. Um, I, I am maturing and, you know, I don't need Panarin to be successful, you know, in the NHL. You know, I, I want to see him take on more of a personal role and have some more personal success on the ice and, and not be, you know, just Panarin's sidekick, you know, it's, it's, the Batman and Robin show I want to kind of end, you know, I want it to be, I don't know. Does Batman have like a counterpart that's a little bit equal? Oh, I mean, I want it like a, a Hulk and Thor. I want like that kind of dynamic. I don't want the Batman Robin. I don't want the, Oh God, uh, rocket and Groot type situation <laughs> where one's, clearly- yeah, you know, yeah, like I said, I, it's worked to this point, so hence why they keep doing it. So I, I get it, especially because Ryan Strom has been better recently. He, he's gotten going. Panarin's gotten going, obviously. And yeah, I, it's hard to overlook the fact that Panarin has played his best hockey of his career with Ryan Strom, just for whatever reason, inexplicably, those guys are on a... Strom can, understands the offensive zone in a way that he can get on Panarin's wavelength. And yeah, it works for him. But at the same time, I think... You know, what we mentioned, like at a certain point, like you'll see him, uh, Quinn stack Mika and Panarin when they need a goal. And yeah, I think just with the way Mika needs to get going, that might be the best thing right now. And yeah, like you said, if Strom is that confident and he's willing to 
be a leader on this team and show his value. I think it, if he, you know, especially if he wants to be in the team's long-term plans, you know, I think he can see the writing on the wall somewhat that eventually that second line center slot probably won't be his. It'll be Philip Heedles, uh, or, you know, if the Rangers are going to go out and get someone else, I think he likes to think it's him, but we don't, I can't say for sure. But yeah, I think if he can prove that he can, he can produce on other lines with other guys, I think that's, uh, that would be best for all parties involved to be the best, at least for the Rangers for, from depth perspective. And it would also be the best for him if he wants to stay in New York uh, once this current contract runs out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I think, you know, he's an NHL hockey player. That's that's what he is at the end of the day. It's not like he's a, a player fighting for a roster spot. He's going to find himself on an NHL team, regardless if that's the New York Rangers or the Winnipeg Jets or wherever he may land up end up land up same thing wherever he may land um i know what you mean yep <laughs> and uh it's been a long day so i hear you so you know you know again i'm gonna you know this is kind of gonna be the theme of our i think our season where we are gonna look to these guys to start being the leaders you know it, it seems like all the successful teams you know kind of find their their core group and their core leadership and, and how they take control of the locker room and, and how they're, you know, perceived across the league. And when you go and, and you play against the Boston Bruins, you know, you know, this is, you know, that's Bergeron's team, you know, that, you know, he's the leader there and, you know, he's got his guys and they have a core group and, and, you know, what he says goes. And when he's speaking in the locker room, everyone listens. And, you know, I want, you know, some of the Rangers to kind of step up. I know, you know, you, you might not be, you know, Patrice Bergeron, but you, you can be the leader of the, uh, at the NHL of the New York Rangers. And and that's what I kind of want out of, uh, out of some guys. And another guy I'll, I'll call out. Cause I do want to discuss our defense going into the next two games, Andy, um, you know, Jacob Truba, you know, there is a guy that, you know, he needs to lead our, you know, six defensemen, you know, I know Fox is, you know, kind of our best defenseman and, and he's clearly shown that he's an elite young kid in this league and deserves to be talked about, you know, right next to, you know, Hughes and, and Cal McCarr. I think he's that good, but Truba's the veteran guy. He's making the big bucks. Um, he's, he needs to be a physical presence these next two games. Um, I, I'd like to see him, you know, kind of mix it up in the corners and, and, you know, take a couple cheap shots, you know, you know, slash the guys when the refs aren't looking, you know, be that pest and that leader that, you know, the New York Rangers need and certainly the defense need because we have two guys in Hayek and Potato. I believe they're playing right there. Smith isn't back. They're yeah, gonna, same, same, same lines. Yeah. yeah so or same pairs and lines. Yeah. And, and we're not in, we're not in position to, uh, you know, next man up like there isn't right now. Like those are our six guys. And I, I don't see much changing, you know, uh, especially after the success that we've had as, as those six defensemen playing. So, you know, against the Boston Bruins is a different animal. Um, you know, what do you want to see out of Jacob Truba over the next two games to kind of prove to you that, you know, he is one of the guys in the locker room that will be a leader, that will be the voice and the identity of the New York Rangers defense? Yeah, I think obviously the emergence of Keandre Miller has helped settle Truba down, but I, I want to give the guy some credit too. He's looked better. It's like you can't, uh, as good as he's been. You know, he's adapted. I think it's taken some pressure off of him. And as I've seen him be a little bit more effective on his breakouts and 
it kind of pushes him, which is good because we've talked in the past that ad nauseum about how Trouba is a guy that needs to be leaned on to perform either a little, either it has to get physical, which kind of gets his uh, blood pumping and then he he's more engaged in the game or hell, even if his partner, you know, whereas, you know, you put him with some, at times he's kind of struggled with the Brady Shays and the Linda Grins when they paired those two you know, type of players up with him, you know what I mean? But, you know, Key definitely pushes him a bit, which is good. And you know what? I mean, if anything, if you're feeling comfortable, then I want to see the things that, you know, Jacob Trouba's calling card is that he's the nastiest guy we have. Yes, Lindegren is fearless, but the, the person, the position to punish people the most is him. I want to see him heavy in the corners. I want to see him give guys rough rides within the rules. I don't want him taking dumb penalties, but yeah, especially that you can do that and you can stick up and yeah, you just make life difficult for forward so even if they don't think that they're giving because especially boston has a bunch you know so much depth that's gonna not as unafraid of working hard so yeah if they're gonna go in the corners make them yeah make them pay for it you know what i mean and just don't let them get you know no one gets a free ride into to collect a puck on the half wall or anything like that just uh if you're settled now i want to see him be more physically engaged especially these two games he's got to get up for him you know yeah, and and listen, he he's going to get a lot of minutes these next two games and you know, I thought, you know, maybe the balance that you saw uh against the New York Islanders in terms of playing time could be, you know, a um uh so to speak, a a, a preceding stat that makes sense after the two Boston Bruins games because I don't know if Quinn uh really has full trust in Boteto and Hayek to play any more than 10 minutes against the Boston Bruins. I mean, and, you know, and as we spoke about this, Hayek, I love his gifts, uh, but I think his his processing of the game isn't all that great. And yeah, I think Boteto is not the most, you know, I think he makes a lot of, keeps it simple, which is good. But at the same time, I just don't think he's got the skill or the skating or the recoverability to, if there's a breakdown, he's not going to, like Keandre just, you know, saving goals here and there with that stick or that wingspan or the quick reaction time. I just don't think that's in his game. He's just kind of a, you know, he's a, I think in an ideal situation, he's a seventh defenseman, you know, or the shotgun guy in a pinch on that pairing. So being asked to be, you know, anchor that third pairing with a young guy is tough. So yeah, I think, uh, especially he's going to have to keep Hyatt calm and say, listen, I'm, you know, he's the vet, he's <laughs> behind True, but he's played the second most games on the team and he's older than True, but too. Uh, so just saying, listen, I know you get uh, when you're pressure, you want to get it out and you get worried that you don't want to like you see a guy here. So you're like trying to get it to see one of your forwards, but just stay calm. If you have to eat the puck, eat it, you know, make them work for it instead of that. Just, yeah, to, you know, pull Hayek aside and you know, so let's lock it down and play your minutes effectively. And don't, yeah, don't, don't, uh, <laughs> don't put the team in any hotter water than they, they're, they're going to be in hot water against the Bruins at times, I, I assure you. So they don't need to get in any, any hotter water, you know? Yeah, I would imagine, you know, Hayek's, you know, time on ice will probably be anywhere between eight and, and 10 minutes. Um, uh, it depends, obviously, how the game is going. Uh, could be a little bit more, could be, you know, certainly less if he's the result of, uh, if his play is a result of a few Boston goals. And, you know, it, it's a tough look, you know, from last game, you know, where he's in the corner and he kind of kicks the puck out to the center of the ice and gives the Islanders a, a clear shot, which eventually leads to a rebound and a goal. Um, 
you know, hopefully he's learned from that just to eat the puck along the boards. The Boston, you know, the Bruins are going to be a little bit more, uh, they're going to cause a little bit more uh, chaos and a little bit, you know, more destruction and, and, and uh, movement in the offensive zone, especially in the corners that, you know, they do force you to, you know, make mistakes and, and, and put yourself in vulnerable positions. Uh, You know, that's what they're good at. And, you know, you know, they win a lot of hockey games that way. They score a lot of goals that way, making you play the way they want you to play. And that's, you know, uh, constantly looking over your shoulder uh, in, you know, out of position and and having to, you know, get hit and, and play off, you know, a, a physical game in the corners, which, you know, let's face it, no, no one, no one wants to get hit in the corners and and no one wants to, you know, have to grind their way out every single shift. And that's what the Boston Bruins do well. And, and I would expect them. Uh, to play no different against the New York Rangers. It's not like they're going to go into a trap to try to slow the the Rangers down. They know this team doesn't score a ton of goals, and they know they're a younger team. And, you know, I would imagine that the Boston Bruins are going to do whatever they can to dictate their pace, to dictate, you know, their play, and and to put the Rangers in a vulnerable position, especially, you know, their defensemen. And, you know, uh, I'm a little nervous of, you know, Hayek-Potato pairing. But, you know, it is what it is for for this uh, next two games. And that's why I really expect Truba to kind of, you know, step up and be a leader. And, you know, Fox is always going to play his game, um, you know, and and I think he'll be perfectly fine. You know, what do you expect from Andre? You know, how do you want him to handle uh, the Boston Bruins? Because this is going to be a game that he's never going to forget. This is the this is the varsity, so to speak, if the Islanders are the JV. I mean, just keep doing what he's been doing. He's already exceeded expectations. I don't want him to – I don't think this is the, the type of game to try to – but, yeah, listen, the kid's confident. So if he wants to use this game to stretch his legs even more, uh, yeah, I guess go ahead. But just make sure it doesn't come at the expense of, uh, you know, the housekeeping that you have to do in your own end. Uh, that's clearly still the area his game probably could uh, could continue to improve is in terms of just his uh, – in zone defense and small area defense, excuse me, different defense. But yeah, I mean, I think they're going to need every bit of his ability to skate the puck out of danger and his wingspan and just don't overcommit because it's, it's one thing to swat hell. You know, the fact we saw him swat pucks away with that, that, uh, with that reach away from Matt Barzell and he goes down, but uh, a Pasternak and Marchand and Bergeron, it's a different, yeah, it's a whole different uh, thing, you know, and those guys can make you look stupid if, you, if you're a little overconfident. So just be aware of that. But, yeah, just keep playing his game. Like He's exceeded all my expectations so far, so it's far be it for me to try to, like, you know, pick uh, nitpick or, you know, from him. I just think as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, I, I yeah, it's, it's all good in my book. Yeah. And, and you know what, I I thought, you know, even the games that I, uh, you know, I felt the Rangers were a little overmatched. It seems that Keandre is always playing a very good game and he stands out and he's always constantly making the right decisions and he can skate himself out of trouble and he can be physical and, and he can certainly hand him handle himself in the corners. The one thing I will say about the Boston Bruins that he's going to be playing a lot of minutes and that means that he's going to, you know, uh, him and Truba are going to have to chew up a lot of time. And that means time against the best line in hockey. And, uh, you know, I just want him to, to realize that, you know, you don't always have to be the hero and, and skate the puck out of the zone. You don't have to make a perfect pass. Sometimes the right play is just a simple off the glass and out, or just, you know, throw it high, 
you know, enough where the defenseman really has to, you know, make a, a hell of a play to keep it in the zone. And, and, you know, don't be afraid to you know, even ice the puck if you have to, if you're in trouble, because this team feeds off of turnovers, they feed off of um, transition. So don't allow, don't allow them, you know, to really uh, force you to make a, a really bad pass or a bad play that you think you had, you know, an opportunity to make, but you actually didn't because that's exactly what they do. They suck you into, you know, playing their style to put the pucks in, in spots where they know they can win that one-on-one battle. So I want, you know, K Andre to just keep it simple and not feel that, you know, because I've had success against these other teams that I'm, you know, going to come in and, and be successful against the Bruins playing, you know, more, you know, playing with a little bit more puck possession, you know, against the other teams. So, Again, and th- and that goes for you know a lot of our younger guys. You know, talk about Lafreniere, how he's been struggling a little bit. The you know the, the for shooting opportunities and and to score goals and 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 create points. But you know, again, it's just one of those things where these guys, I see they have the skill set to be good players in the NHL. Now, I just want them to to realize that when you play against these bigger teams, you know, you're gonna have to play a physical game. You're gonna have to figure out, you know, ways to do things a little bit quicker and crisper and cleaner and, you know, not to get frustrated and to keep your game as simple as possible, you know, you know, throw the puck down deep, make their defense some turn and just go to work, skate your bag off 30 seconds and get off. You know, you're not expected to win these games. So this is, you know, learning opportunities. This is, you know, repetitions against the, the, you know, the best of the best. And, you know, I, I'm very confident in the Rangers. You know, they, they've stepped up against the Washington Capitals when they needed to. And, you know, I'm very eager to see, you know, see them tonight and what they can bring against the, the Boston Bruins. Yeah. And even if it starts going, you know, sideways early, just compete. And if it gets to a point where even if you're getting embarrassed, well, then, you know, take, get your pound of flesh. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, just keep that competitive spirit and fire alive because, you know, I think we spoke about the game where they just gave up and got deflated earlier in the year. And that's that is, you know, that's that type of thing is antithetical to what the culture of the Rangers want to build here. You have to believe you're going to be in every game and you have a standard. And no matter what, even if it's not working out for you that night, you do everything you can to live up to it and make the other teams think twice about next time they come in your building. And that's what they have to do. So we'll see if the kids are up for it. Uh, you know, we're both, I'm, I'm actually, even though their, their record is still a little mixed right now, but you know, they've been playing better as of late. And I just think they're, it feels like they're close, right? It feels like if they can just every, every, you know, the guy, the guys who are on the IR can get back and they've been defending better. And, and, you know, Mika, you know, some guys, their top six can get going with more, you know, Buchnevich with more frequency, Mika, hell even Kreider. Then yeah, this look out, they're a, a formidable team. So. Uh, I think they can do it. I hope they can do it. But yeah, they have listen. They have their work cut out for them. But uh, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know how game one went. And uh, yeah, let's hope uh, they can somehow get two points out of four points. I want I want four points, obviously. But let's get as many points as you can. You know. So Andy, I got one question. You know, until right. you know, we wrap this up. Um, you know, now that you know they announced that the. You know, fans will be in attendance starting February 23rd at Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, take us through an a Andy night at the Garden watching the Rangers. What kind of food are you getting? What kind of drinks are you sipping on? And, you know, 
you know, take us through a night of you watching New York Rangers hockey live. Scenario. It is uh, 6.30. I get out of the M train. I take the M train from uh, my home in Bushwick, Brooklyn to uh, Herald Square. I get out. I walk from over from Broadway to 7th Ave. I see all the Rangers fans and their jerseys and some opposing fans. You know, they're all mingling. They're talking. There's energies of buzz. The Rangers have a game tonight. I usually will then meet up with whoever I'm going to the game with. Uh, we'll go inside. First thing we do, you make a beeline, you get your first drink. Uh, I usually like to start the proceedings off with, I uh, get a double of uh, uh, usually bourbon and ginger ale uh, with a lime, some effect. And you get the double, you know, not the, just, and depending on if I have to work the next day or what I have to do, uh, you know, I will make my way through that. Watch, you know, if I can catch some on ice warmups, I'll watch some of that. No food yet, though. I don't get food until the first intermission the first intermission comes you go uh it depends on the night but and it also depends where i'm sitting you know if i'm sitting a little bit lower you have some different options as opposed to if you're sitting up near the blue seats um you know if i'm up near the blue seats you can't go wrong with the pigs in a blanket it's a garden staple uh if i'm lower yeah it depends on the nights i'm a i'm a big uh big chicken finger guy i love the chicken fingers so i'll usually get them um my friends make fun of me. They say, chicky, oh, you're getting chicky fingies, you know, because like I'm a child, but I like my chicky fingies and I, I want the chicky fingies and honey mustard. Oh, I delicious. make no delicious and I, I will make no apologies for it. Um, that's also the time if I have to, depending on if it's, you know, if it's a real good game and I don't have to work or it's the weekend, I might get yet another bourbon ginger ale. If I need to like, all right, uh, let's slow the roll here. I might just get a, a tall boy of a White Claw. And I'll just kind of try to nurse that for the rest of the game. Uh, yeah. And then you watch the second second period, depending on how it's going. Uh, yeah, if it's still real close and it's like they're not getting blown out and I'm feeling a little celebratory and having a good time. You know, like you said, you might get, if I had finished that tall boy, I might get uh, one more small, smaller drink, either a light beer or something or just another smaller claw. Uh, and yeah, big. I always finish off with popcorn in that second uh, intermission. You know, gotta gotta have the popcorn at the garden. Uh, you know, just soak up some of the the drinking I've done. Yeah. I don't know if that if that makes sense or if that's even a real thing or if it just makes me feel better or feel like it's happening. I, I, I visualize it. Yeah, and that's that's it basically. Uh, every now and then, I'm lucky enough to get club seats from a family friend, so I get you know get access to the free buffet. You know, that's the sushi and the, the carving station and this and that. You see rangers legends kind of down there chilling and so that's always cool to go down there you know but uh yeah it's different it's it just it, depending on the experience and the team you're playing and the night of the week it's always different but uh i always have a good time and just talking about is making me nostalgic so the fact that we are at least it seems like the ball is rolling in that direction for the future uh that makes me real smile really wide and yeah oh man uh I'm so happy that <laughs> that's going to be a, a distinct possibility for some people, obviously with concessions and health uh, being priority number one. But yeah, you're definitely, I definitely look forward to seeing some smiles on the face of people in the stands at the garden. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, looking at, looking at the last time I went to a game and the energy I felt and, um, you know, nothing, nothing can replicate it. I don't care, you know, if you're watching with your friends at home or, you know, you're just watching by yourself, there's still nothing better than, you know, 
sitting at the garden. Uh, it's got a distinct smell. It's got a distinct feel. Um, I feel like the temperature is just always like perfect. I'm never too hot or too cold in that arena. And, you know, although the food and beverages are certainly overpriced and, and totally regrettable, um, you know, the next day, uh, it's, it's all worth it. And, you know, um, maybe next podcast or, or later down the line, we'll go over, um, you know, my game plan as I go to attend a New York Ranger game. But like you said, it's, it's certainly, you know, optimistic that, you know, fans are now allowed in the building starting February 23rd. And we hope that continues and is successful and, you know, leads to, you know, the, you know, the true beginning of a new era of, you know, New York Rangers hockey. And again, you know, it's such a privilege being able to cover it with you and be able to talk twice a week to, you know, our listeners and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, the New York Rangers are in a unique situation right now. And, you know, we all got to kind of go through the growing pains and whether you're a fan or you're a player, we're all, you know, kind of lumped into this process together. And, you know, it's, it's certainly been frustrating, but very enjoyable. And, you know, with the news that we're finally able to have 2000 fans at the New York Rangers game is a, is a good start to a, to a slow beginning, but uh, nonetheless, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, two big games against the Boston Bruins. And, you know, hopefully we have some success and we see a lot more out of our young squad. And hopefully Butch never gives Marsh and the business behind the net again. That's right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.